Standby. Hello, this is Penn Jillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the lackadaisical Librocubicularist podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I would potentially enjoy it. A ringing endorsement. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello, welcome to the LibroCube. Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the lackadaisical LibroCuber curlist, is who I am. Something I say at the top of every show is a spoiler warning. I say a spoiler warning, that is which this is. Oh, that was so close to being English. Because uh, there may be spoilers, so this warns of them. Another thing I like to say at the top of every show is that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. No, that is ridiculous. The only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend, perhaps you rate, subscribe, or comment within iTunes as that's uh, those those that things are good for podcast and this is a podcast so doing them is good for us meaning me oh boy if this is a sign of what's going to happen in this episode I should just apologize right off the bat by pushing this button that will start us huh ladies and gentlemen let's get ready to review some things. Today's Today's movie monologue sponsor is the Ray Harryhausen's Hair House for Men Wig Warehouse. Thank you to that thing for sponsoring this movie monologue in which we will monologue about movies when I say we. I'm going to use the podcast we, which, like the royal we, means I. Movie the first, The History of Future Folk. Uh, interesting for the reason that this is available on Netflix. That is not interesting, but uh, I, it kept popping up repeatedly, almost annoyingly, uh, from Netflix saying, Jordan, 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 you li- you're going to like this movie. Watch it, watch it, watch it. Every time I turned my goddamn head, Netflix was telling me to watch this movie. And despite the one time they let me down with Radio Free Albemuth, Oh boy, I can't believe I remembered that title. It was such a bad movie. Um, 99 times out of all the other times, let's just say most of the times, uh, they have steered me correctly, and this is one of those times. Uh, Before I forget, unprofessional as I am, why don't I give my rating right off the bat, uh, I'm going to go solid 5 out of 5. Hard to describe this movie, Oh, you know why? What will make it easier is I have the IBDA page open, uh, and I can read that to give you a little gist of this film. Uh, The possibly exaggerated origin story of the real-life alien bluegrass band Future Folk that had been playing for New York City audiences for the better part of a decade. 
okay, well, reading that kind of shines a little light on this movie that I did not previously have. Uh, and that is, I guess this is an actual real band. Uh, it's these two guys who are dressed strangely, almost alien-like. And uh, they sing folk music. Uh, and are, apparently, aliens. Hmm, interesting. Uh, the movie uh, takes it from the point of view that, yes, they are, in fact, real aliens. Uh, one of them sent from the planet, I can't remember the name, although they said it dozens of times, but I cannot remember names, so that is why I can't remember this. Uh, anyways, sent uh, to the planet Earth in order to destroy it. Uh, as soon as he sort of lands, he hears music, which apparently does not exist on his home planet. And uh, just the, the, the mere hint of musical tones in his ears uh, cause him to stay his hand and um, not destroy Earth. So that's good. Uh, and if aliens are out there and don't have music and come to our planet... Uh, to destroy it, I hope they get a chance to listen to music and then not destroy it. Because that would be ideal. Movie the second, Casino Jack, starring Mr. Kevin Spacey, a hotshot Washington, D.C. lobbyist, and his protege go down hard <clears throat> as their scheme to peddle influence lead to corruption and moida. Moida most foul. Uh, sounds better than it is. <laughs> uh, Rating-wise, I'm professional. I'm probably just going to go two and a half. No, you know what, I'll go three. No, two and a half. If you are unfamiliar with my rating system, uh, threes are used for enjoyed while watching, but probably wouldn't watch again. And I suppose there was moments of enjoyment during this, which means I'll have to give it a three. But uh, the fact that I'm explaining that there was only moments of enjoyment means perhaps two and a half is more likely. Um, I don't know why. Probably the subject matter. Nothing to do with Kevin Spacey. And this kind of reminds me a little bit, and I kind of had this thought going in even, uh, the missus and I tried to watch House of Cards and made it four episodes in, which says a lot about Kevin Spacey's ability to uh, be sort of enthralling despite subject matter. The subject matter of House of Cards, I have no desire to know about. This similar subject matter, obviously, uh, really don't care anything about whatsoever, but uh, the sort of cast of characters made it at least partially worthwhile, including John Lovitz, who uh, I'd like to see more of in any role, but this is sort of classic John Lovitzness in this. Classic John Lovitzness, indeed. I'm going to type that out just for the reason that that may work its way into the title. Classic John Lovitzness. As you heard, we are out of time. So I will power through this last one movie or two movie? Last two movies. Okay, uh, next one is a documentary called uh, Ray Harryhausen, colon, Special Effects Titan. Uh, I can probably guarantee if you are of a certain age, uh, you have seen a movie that Ray Harryhausen has done. Probably... At least for myself, what are some of my favorites? Um, 
what is he most known for? Uh, uh, Jason and the Argonauts. That one's a classic one. Uh, and Clash of the Titans. Those are probably, for me, for my bang, for my buck, my favorite two Ray Harryhausen movies. He's the one who created the sort of uh, claymation, stop-motion, uh, dynomation of those movies that made them so popular, especially among uh, young boys, I guess you would say. But fans of all ages, uh, this was a documentary about how he sort of has shaped the film industry as far as special effects and and all the people who look back at his work and uh, sort of use his, uh, his past work uh, to influence their current work in probably more likely CGI realms. So I highly recommend it if you have any desire to know of Ray Harryhausen, which I did, which is why I watched the goddamn movie. Uh, I'd go four to five uh, if you're a Ray Harryhausen fan. If you're not a Ray Harryhausen fan, maybe a three out of five. Last, but certainly not least, the missus and I watched The Breakfast Club. Yes, that Breakfast Club from 1985. Hmm... Uh, been probably, if I had to guess, pushing a decade since I'd seen it and didn't remember a lot of it. Uh, so was pleasantly surprised that I still liked it. Something I remember of this is that it's sort of a perfect Sunday movie. So what we did is watched it on Sunday. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I think because we're out of time and probably anyone who's listening to a podcast where movies are being talked of has seen this. Uh, I'll just go, if you watch it on a Sunday, 5 out of 5, any other day, 4 out of 5. How about that for convoluted rating? Lovely. Today's, today's, today's television talk, (laughs) why is that? Today's television talk sponsor is National Geode Graphics, for all your geode graphics needs. Oh boy. Okay, so I have two items of a sort of compare and contrast nature on this television talk, which is unusual. I don't think I've ever done anything like this before. But the opportunity arose, much like my penis when I see a beautiful lady. Why did I throw that in there? I don't know. What we're here to talk about are the television programs, uh, National Geographic, colon, Amazing Planet, as well as the television program. Life, with uh, narrator Sir David Attenborough. Oh, interesting, interesting. Now, why would I compare and contrast these? Because, one, they are similar in nature, in that they are about nature. Oh, nice nice segue there. Uh, And two, one of them is good and one of them is not good. Hmm, sadness. Uh, If you're a long-time listener, first-time caller, you will know that I very infrequently like to say negative things, which, as someone who reviews things, is probably not good. But uh, I'm going to say negative things about National Geographic, colon, Amazing Planet, because it is not good. It, It very much reminded me of sort of a 
poorly done video that when you had a substitute teacher in 1980s school, of which I was a student during the 80s, they would just sort of put on and then have a nap. Uh, just the, the script was bad. The, the, the narrator, who was uh, Patricia Clarkson, who you may recognize, I recognized her voice. Uh, she's from Six Feet Under. She did a, f- a sort of adequate job with the material given to her. Uh, I, I should say that Amazing Planet was more about the planet from a sort of water, air, and rock point of view, which I guess is harder to make interesting than, uh, as with the BBC series Life with Sir David Attenborough, that was more about animals, which, because there's such a wide variety, uh, is perhaps easier to make more interesting. So uh, let's take that into account. Uh, rating, just because I've remembered that it, that is something I do is uh i'll go for amazing planet i'll probably go one maybe a two no you know what i'm gonna go one because again if you're a first time hearer of reviews of things and i very infrequently almost never give ones it's when i had to turn it off uh which i did in this case uh life with sir david attenborough five out of five so i don't think i've ever had two examples of similar things with such sort of wide variety of of differences. Uh, there is, a, I think, the potential that's... I don't know if I'm verging into sexism here, but, but maybe I am. But maybe I'm not. That, this is sort of a good question. I think on a nature documentary, uh, I'd, uh, at least from past experiences, much rather have a male narrator than a female narrator and i'm just thinking you've got david attenborough and you've got morgan freeman (laughs) it's just sort of at at your sort of pinnacle i'd put david attenborough above morgan freeman either just because he's sort of i remember him from my childhood watching things such as this so maybe that's part of the bias there it's uh, nostalgia is sort of skewing my my thought there but if you listening to this have ever um, watched a nature documentary with a female narrator that sort of blew your socks off, which I would like you to do, is let me know about it, because uh, I don't want to be stuck in this thought of females bad, males good when it comes to narration, and uh, I'd like to uh, expand my mind if possible. Then again, uh, I also keep an open mind to the fact that maybe... <laughs> maybe I'm, I don't want to say I'm right, but maybe the possibility exists that males are better at narration of, uh, you know, uh, uh, nature things. So there. may have heard a little hiccup in the timer there. That is because this week I don't have a book banter for the reason that I didn't finish a book. Uh, next book banter will likely have a, uh, uh, oh shit, what the hell's his name? Terry Brooks book of some sort. At least I've started one and I'm 25 pages in, but that's all I'm going to say. We're here to talk about uh, games in this game, Gabin segment, which is sponsored by... 
the unfinished yawn sleep study clinic oh well thank you for that you lovely lovely sponsor okay it looks like i have a, a couple of games here the first being a far sky that's far sky not far cry mm. uh this is a game i picked up on steam it's a survival game, I guess is what this uh, new and explosive genre would be classified as. Uh, explosive in the sense that they seem to make a shit ton of these now. This one sort of piqued my interest just because it was dirt cheap when I got it, which I appreciate. Uh, especially the Scottish half of my video game buying brain. Uh, the other thing that appealed to me is... Unlike some or any that I've seen, uh, it takes place entirely underwater. So that was a sort of a strange little uh, thing that I've never seen before. A game where you are playing underwater the whole time. Other than recalling a sort of game where you played as a... What was that? Echo the Dolphin. Excuse me. Echo the Dolphin. I do remember playing that. This is a little different than that. You basically go around the seafloor, gather... Uh, rocks and sand and iron and copper, your typical things you do in all of these style games. Uh, you could build bases, uh, there's uh, animals to kill and eat, there's animals that will kill and eat you. Um, I should say that uh, I kind of stopped playing it, but the potential exists that I'll go back and play it because I was having some fun. It's just there was quite a few other things that I wanted to play as well. So, rating-wise, I kind of feel like I sh almost shouldn't give one. I'm going to, but I feel like maybe I shouldn't. I'll probably go three to four out of five. Yeah, there's definitely some fun to be had if you like this style of game. If you don't, this one's not going to change your mind. How about how about that? Okay, moving on to next game called The Unfinished Swan. Hmm, interesting title and an interesting game. Uh, definitely being a 35-year-old uh, Canadian male, probably not aimed at me so much, I will admit. Uh, that being said, uh, I, I don't mind delving into a game that is clearly... Uh, aimed at someone much, much younger than myself. Someone, uh, you could say, a, uh, a kid. Yeah, yeah, aimed at kids. Uh, the other thing I'd like to say, sort of to justify myself, is that the game is free. <laughs> uh, if you are a PlayStation Plus member, which I always say, if you have a PlayStation and are not a PlayStation Plus member, you're a moron. Moron. I still love you. But come on, you get free games every month. This being one of them. Uh, which, there was some fun and some things that I hadn't done in video games. So, for that reason alone, a free game with some different mechanics, some some beauty to behold, uh, aimed at kids. <laughs> uh, you're sort of a, a little kid in this sort of fantasy realm that's primarily black and white. And you, you don't actually see it, but it's almost like you have a paint gun. Uh, it's more just like sort of you're shooting paint out of your hands. You don't see your hands either. I, I don't know where this paint is coming from, to be honest with you. A paint a, a paint gun, we'll just say. Gun not included. And, uh, like, for example, you the entire world will be white and you can't see anything. So you'll shoot black paint, which will then show where walls are in a maze. Or there'll be, uh, there'll be sections where there's vines... Uh, and then you'll shoot blue paint, which will then, I guess, be water. And then the vines will 
grow where you shoot the blue paint. So things of that nature. A lot of puzzle solving. Uh, it was short. It was a short game. I beat it in you know a couple hours or something like that. And uh, sort of very fairy tale oriented castles and and moats and things of that nature. But uh, but overall worth a play. Uh, I do again, unlike a professional reviewer, take into consideration the fact that it was free. Uh, if I had paid for it and it was this short. I might not have enjoyed it as much. So, that being said, uh, rating-wise, I'm going to go 4 out of 5. Yeah, 4 out of 5. Okay, uh, moving on to next game, which I'm out of time, so maybe I should save. Ah, fuck it, what the hell. Um, the reason I should save is because I haven't finished it yet, and I do plan on going back. But uh, you never know, maybe I won't. So we'll just chuck it in here right now, because why not? You know what? I didn't have a book Wednesday. Let's jam up this game, Gabin. A book banter, I mean. Fuck. Uh, the game is The Darkness 2. Uh, if you've played The Darkness 1, I'm sure you would fit right in with playing The Darkness 2. Uh, basically, you're a guy, uh, sort of gangster type. Um, it's first-person shooter. You got guns, you blow shit up. Uh, the sort of addition, the, the, the cherry on top, the cherry throughout, you might even say, is the fact that you also have sort of special demonic powers uh, that mostly come in the form of two sort of giant snake tentacle things coming out of you uh, that you can use to bash and chop people in half and eat their souls eat their souls which is fun in a video game i like a good video game soul eating Today's internet intercourse sponsor is Applied Pharmaceutical Mathematics. Thank you for that, you lovely sponsor. Love all of you sponsors. That's how we really rake in the bucks here within the Liberal Cube. Raking them in. Item of the first, Pete Holmes appears on Getting Dug With High. Yay. Uh, this is sort of an interesting turn of events from the sounds of it. Uh, I watch most episodes of Getting Doug With High, which, if you are not familiar with, Doug Benson, pot smoker extraordinaire, sure, why not, uh, will sit around on YouTube. <laughs> on YouTube, that's a weird thing to say. Uh, and then invite guests, and then they'll smoke some weed, and they'll shoot the shit podcast style. Uh, the sort of interesting one here is it sounded like the insane clown posse was supposed to stop by for this episode, which is, well, insane. And a clown posse, too, while you're at it. Uh, but for the sort of legally-sounding reasons, they weren't able to come. Uh, so, in steps, Mr. Pete Holmes, who I'm a huge, huge fan of. Possibly even more so than Doug Benson. Possibly, maybe on par. Which is kind of a strange thing, because I don't think you could get two more different comedians than... Uh, well, yeah, you could. You definitely could. Uh, but still, Doug, but still, yeah, but still, Doug Benson and Pete Holmes, very, very different comedic voices... Uh, which is potentially why this was such a good episode. 
you could see what happens when two vastly different comedians sit together and smoke weed. <laughs> uh, definitely Pete Holmes sort of steals the show for me, though, just because he got, like, I guess hyper. He's always a little hyper. Uh, and and weed sort of seemed to amplify it a little bit. So uh, if you like the sounds of what I am saying, why not go check it out? Okay, moving on to a Vsauce. I uh, haven't brought back one of these in a bit, it felt like, so I thought it was time. Speaking of time, numbers. Oh, nice segue again. Uh, Michael over at Vsauce did an episode basically about numbers, which is fascinating for a couple of reasons. One, just because numbers are pretty interesting in themselves, but uh, something I like about this is the title of his episode is uh, The Letters One through 35 and i mean like he literally typed one comma two comma three comma all the way to 35 i assume the only reason he stopped counting is because he ran out of room and uh something about that just seems ballsy to me like he has so many viewers that he knows even with a title that people are not going to be able to go on the internet and search for this title easily which is what a lot of uh, uh people putting out content uh, try to aim for. They try to aim for, you know, uh, words that are easily searched or or, or things that are going to come up in searches and, and things of that nature. I never pay attention to any of that either because I don't really care so much. Uh, you know, that's a good sort of time to throw out my podcast philosophy, which Michael seems to, on some levels, this being evidence, uh, share, and that is... Do it for the reason that you like doing it uh, 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 50 to 99% because you like doing it. Uh, if it was 100%, you could do it and not record it and put it out. Uh, and if it's any less, I think it comes across. The, the less being comprised of wanting to turn it into a thing, wanting people to see it, wanting to, I don't know, become famous, for lack of a better term. So... Uh, I, I kind of like that thought. Uh, because I look down and see that I'm almost out of time, I will leave the, the magical mystery of this Vsauce episode up to you to watch, and I highly, highly recommend you do watch all of them, but this one had some really cool just things revolving around numbers, which sounds boring, but he makes it interesting, which is incredible. Last item up for bids is Kevin Pereira and Grace Helbig podcast swap is what I've written down here. And that means that uh, on uh, Kevin Pereira's podcast, Grace Helbig appeared. And on Grace Helbig's podcast, Kevin Pereira appeared. I listened to both of them because I very much like the two of these people. And uh, if you ever watched back in the day Attack of the Show, you will have caught a glimpse of uh, some of the magic that these two can create when they get together, and that is what happened, folks. Speaking of magic, I will say, as I do from time to time, that it is nice to be nice to the nice. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean. Buts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. 
you can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day. You ain't seen nothing yet. The best is yet to come and be. Won't it be fine? The best is yet to come. Live long and prosper.